family how are we doing tonight isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Wednesday evening I want you to turn to the person next to you and say it's good to see you here tonight and I want to welcome all of you live streamers we are so glad that you joined us tonight we just pray that this service just touches you in some way tonight um, so the first thing I have is we have um, people walking around right now with prayer cards so if you have a prayer request at all you can fill that out um, if you want to give it back to them or you can take it out to the Welcome Center, um, that would be awesome. Also, secondly, if we have any first-time guests here tonight, we want to welcome you. It's good to have you here with us. There is a card in the back of the pew if you want to fill that out. Or there's also a QR code if you want to scan that. You can do it online as well. So, again, we want to welcome you. It's so good to have you with us tonight. Um, my announcement tonight is we've been having prayer every first Saturday of the month from 8 to 9 in the morning. Here at Only Believe, we pray first. Prayer, we know, is a very important thing to have in our lives. And we know it's even more important to come together as the body of Christ and stand in faith and pray together. So it is such an awesome time. We want to encourage you to come. 
bring somebody out with you every first Saturday of the month, and we just have such an awesome time. So, all right, well, won't you stand on your feet tonight with us? We're going to get into some worship. I want us just to lift our hands in this place tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place tonight. We just thank you, Lord, that you're going to come and have your way in this place, Lord. We just thank you, God, that there is joy in the house of the Lord, that there is freedom here tonight, God. And we just come before you right now to lift your name on high, to praise you and to worship you for your goodness, Lord. And we thank you for it. Lord, 
There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, oh, oh. We'll shout out your praise. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
blessing if you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be delight. You know, we read that verse but maybe we're not taking it serious. Maybe we don't realize it's actually for you and I, but it is. Many, I feel like tonight, there could be some people in here that you have tithed, you've given, and you're saying things aren't working like they should be working. You know, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. God doesn't want your hope deferred. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Tonight, I just want to instill on each and every person here just to stand strong, be strong, believe in his word, don't quit, regardless what it looks like. The word of God is more real and more true than anything 
that you're looking at in your circumstances. Robert Schuller had a book 40 years ago that I read. And that book's title was Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do. And tonight, God wants each one of us to be tough through him and in him. Because he wants us to have the victory. He wants us to conquer. Psalm 37, 25, I've never seen the righteous forsaken noise seed begging bread. So tonight, believe. Believe that God wants you to be blessed, healthy. He don't want you struggling. He don't want you walking in fear. He don't want you walking in doubt. But believe his word. Believe his word. Because if you'll believe his word and you'll stand strong in the face of circumstances, you're going to see God come through for you. I've seen it happen many, many times. I'd love to have given up. Discouragement tries to creep in, but that ain't God. And we are God's people. And we're going to have the victory. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the people that's here tonight under the sound of my voice. And Lord, we all join one another in faith. Lord, we don't know what people's face and what we're dealing with. But Lord, we agree with each other in faith that their need will be met. As they give their tithe, as they give an offering above the tithe, Lord, you're going to pour out the windows of heaven. You're going to meet every need. And Father, I just bind discouragement, fear, doubt, unbelief. And Lord, I thank you for your people being strong, standing strong, believing in your word. And we thank you that we're a great and mighty army in these days. In Jesus' name. night. How's the family of faith doing? Well, good. Well, I'm looking for a little section. Okay, so youth, I know you're in the house tonight. I'm going to pick all the youth up. I want you to get up out of your seats. You're going to come right over here. I got this whole section right here for you. Trust me, you're not getting in trouble. I promise you. Come on over. Come on over. So Pastor Tim is on vacation and I couldn't be over there and preach and leave you guys with nobody. So I had to bring the youth with us, right? So they're going to come over and spend time with you. Just fill this whole section. Oh, thanks. Wait, you didn't want to be called youth anymore, Miss Kendall? Miss Kendall just dropped you off, but she's out of there. 
There you go. Grab some seats. Come on, all of you. Yep, come on. Come on. Oh, you're making ways over. Oh, yeah, fill in. There, you can even use this one here if you want. I was just trying to keep you all together. You kind of flock together. Wherever one moves, they all move. Perfect. Good. Look at that. I need you in the front all the time. I'll tell you a story. You know, when I was your age, we always sat in the back of the church too. But this one Sunday, I sat in the back of the church right on the end of the pew. And while my dad was preaching his message, he saw me fall asleep. And he walked back and he's preaching and I can't hear any difference in his voice. None. Cullen, you're going to be me, okay? You're going to be, act like you're sleeping on the pew. Yep, yep, there you go. Well, I wasn't quite like that, but okay. And he literally walks up and he's going, you know what, church, we need to do this. We needed that. Get up. In the middle of his message, went right back to preaching and I never skipped a beat. I sat straight up like this. I was like, oh my gosh, he did that in the middle of his message. Yeah, he did. So I'm not going to do that tonight. Even if someone falls asleep, I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> so let's pray before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight. And God, I just thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us with the next generation. Father, I thank you that you've given them to us to raise, to love, to equip, to nurture. And Father, I just thank you that the word would go forth tonight, that the Holy Spirit has dropped in our hearts. And Father, that it would take root in our lives tonight, Father, and change us. Father, that we would not leave here like we came tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. So tonight, the youth, we're gonna throw them into... Um, actually, I'm going to throw you into what their message is about. They've been learning on the Trinity. Father God, Father Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three in one, right? So we're going to do a little bit of that tonight with you. But we are starting on the Holy Spirit. Now, OBM Main House, you started Holy Spirit on Sunday. But I'm not touching on the same points dad is. So it's just going to reaffirm everything to you, okay? And if you've heard it before, well, you're just going to have to bear with us tonight because the youth outweigh the adults. I'm just going to say all of our adults are in small groups. So youth, this is for you. We believe in you. I want you to know generation that's around them. Just stand up, stand up. And I want you to know that we, youth, you stay seated because we're standing up for you. And I want you to know that we believe in you because God believes in you. We trust you with our future because God chose you to be kingdom builders. You believe that? Well, so do we. This is for you because we believe in you and we love you and we care about you. Okay, adults, you can sit down. Sometimes we don't say it enough for them. So if we talk about God who is three in one, it's really no different than myself. Here's why I say, not that I'm God, but I'm known as Pastor Nicole. That's one of my roles, right? I'm known as Nicole, Randy's wife, Pastor Randy's wife. I'm also known as Quentin's mom. In your, in your guys' terms, it would be bruh, just letting you know. Yeah, mom, mommy, mama, whatever it is, bruh. That's where we go now. I know, it's just kidding. I said, I'm not your bruh. Don't call me bruh. My name's mom. You can talk to me that way. But it's the same person, but there's three identities of who I am because I have a different role. 
in that. This is the Holy Spirit. He is an actual person that you and I, that God has given to you and I. And I'm going to prove that tonight. So we're going to turn to John 16, 7. I'm using the NIV tonight for those of you. If the, if the youth doesn't have an NIV, you can just look on the screen. We've got that up there for you tonight. It said, now this is Jesus speaking, the red letters, with his disciples. And he's explaining to them the role of the Holy Spirit in their life. It says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good, that means profit or advantageous. It's to your advantage that I am going away. Well, where's Jesus going? Unless I go away, the advocate, this word means helper, your aid, your strengthener, in your terms, it might mean your wingman. Your standby, the person you can depend on, will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So this is Jesus speaking about the cross. He's telling them, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. But when I do, I'm going to go away. You're no longer going to be walking and talking with me anymore. We're not going to catch fish together. We're not going to be breaking bread and feeding all these people and teaching and walking around all the time. I'm going to go up. I'm going to get out of here, but don't be afraid because when I leave, it's to your advantage that I leave because I'm sending somebody that's going to help you. He's going to equip you. He's going to walk with you, not in person, person, like not like I walked with you, but like I walk with you, Right? So the Holy Spirit's a totally different person. It's not physically that he's doing it. So he's talking about what's going to happen when he leaves. Now, I'm sending someone. Let me just say this. It's not a ghost-like thing that the world promotes it to be. Like this little Casper the ghost spirit you see floating around. That's not the way this works. This is someone who tells the truth. It's not a fictitious idea. It's not make-believe. This is for real. Someone who's coming to help you. So let's say this together. I have help. All right. You don't have to do this life alone. Now, you and I were all created with this need for God in our hearts that he can only fill. It's a, a God-like design. Let's just say when, when you have brothers and sisters, they were younger and they had that little red or blue ball with all those little shapes that had to fit in the holes and then you opened it up and they all fell out and you put it back together and did it over and over. There's a God shape in each and every one of us that has to be filled. I've watched many people throughout their lives try to fill it with everything but God. Everything. Money can't fill this hole. A girlfriend, boyfriend, a wife, a husband cannot fill this specific designed hole. A job can't. You know, you hear people, well, I've got everything I need, but I'm still miserable. Yeah, you're miserable because there's a need inside of you that you were created with that draws your heart back to God. No matter where you are in this life, no matter how far you run, no matter how long you run, you will always have an emptiness until that God-shaped hole is filled with him. It takes complete surrender. It takes complete just releasing who you are and saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. 
But no matter what, people still feel alone. As a Christian, you and I do not have to feel alone because the Holy Spirit is with us. That Holy Spirit fills this God-shaped void in us. And when he's there walking with you and talking with you and directing you and helping you, you feel him close. And so you don't feel alone. So if you go on down to verse 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's another name for the Holy Spirit, spirit of truth. Remember this, the Holy Spirit cannot lie to you. There's only one spirit that can lie and that is the devil. That's it. Everything that comes out his mouth, if he's talking, he's lying. If he's talking to you and you know it in your ear, he is lying. I don't care what he tells you. If he says, you're the most beautiful girl in the world and I'm gonna give you riches and fame and everything you've ever wanted, it's a lie. He's tempting you to fall into the ways of the devil and the plan of him so he can guide you and direct you and you will be a servant of the devil and not of God. He cannot tell the truth. He won't bring you riches and fame. In fact, he'll bring you things that look like fame and look like riches and he will drive you to the lowest point so he can break you and you'll end up being the one who committed suicide because he tainted your mind so dark and so dim. He cannot tell the truth. Only the Holy Spirit will tell you who you really are in him because he is truth. It says he comes to guide you in all truth. The ways of Christ are truth, not the ways of this world. I'm just going to say this, and I'm not telling you that you shouldn't like your schools, but in case some of you didn't hear, a local school just recently chose tonight, or last night I think it was, that they would allow boys to go into girls' restrooms and girls to go into the boys' restrooms. Because the world's truth is is that you can choose what gender you are. That's not God's truth. It's real simple. When God made you, he chose your gender. And if you need to check, just look inside your pants. That's who you are. I'm telling you the exact truth. You needn't look any further. That's who God made you to be. And that is the truth. Now, if you have more than one part, there is like 0.02% of America that does, then you get to choose. And by the time you hit puberty, they will give you medicine that will help you choose which gender you will be. But they're monomalies. It's not a regular thing. So just because an education system says that this is right, that's not right. That's not God's truth. God's truth says in Genesis, we can read it, it says that he made them male and female. Not males wanting to become females, not females wanting to become males. He made each of them male and female. Creation shows us that. So the truth that he's come to lead us in is God's truth, the written word of God. This is what our truth is. No matter what society tells us, no matter what our friends tell us, there are some of us that are not having saved parents. If our parents tell us to do something that does not line up with the word of God, we are to not do that. You are to do what the word of God says. He will not only speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now remember that little Trinity thing we were talking about, the triangle, 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all equal, but it takes all three to make one. How, this is what he's saying. Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit won't speak of his own. He'll only speak what he hears. He's hearing from God, the Father. And he's only going to do what God tells him to do in your life. It's the same way with Jesus. Jesus said, I only come to do my Father's will. Who's Jesus' Father? God. Okay? Three in one. So, I say all that. Because last week, well, on Sunday, we shared this with the young adults, and I'm going to share it with you. However, none of the young adults had a bougie enough car to understand what I was talking about. So all of you older adults are going to understand exactly where I'm going. But you younger ones who are driving cars, your car might not be as bougie as ours is yet because you don't have enough cash to buy it. <laughs> That's all. That's all. The older you get, the better life gets. I'm letting you know. The Holy Spirit is like rumble strips on a highway. Here's a simple thing. You know, you, you get off the road and it goes, doo, 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 and you go, oh, and you've come back. Like when my kids are sleeping and I'm wandering off the road, they're like, mom, everybody wakes up in the car. Get back on the road. I said, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Well, in one of our cars that we purchased, it has a driver's assist. And you turn this little button on. And when you do, your seat will rumble. So if you get out of the center lane of the road, you'll feel a vibration on your left leg. And if you're over the right, it'll vibrate on your right leg, okay? I gotta be honest with you, it drove me nuts. I turned off the assistant program. I couldn't stand it because I thought it felt it knew more than I did. It would put brakes on when I thought I was too close to a car. It would put them on for me. But this is the Holy Spirit in your life. He's an assistant. So what happens is when we're driving through life, have, how many of you teenagers that drive a car have ever got someplace and you don't even remember anything about your trip? You're just, yeah, I see you, Quentin, right there, right there. That's your problem. Yep, Caleb, yeah, Ava. You guys know that when you, you, you literally have no recollection of how you got there, but you're there. Why? Because you weren't paying attention. Your mind was somewhere else. This is us as Christians. We get distracted. We're on our cell phones. We're looking down instead of looking up saying, Jesus, where do you want me to go today? What am I supposed to do? Holy Spirit, lead me, talk to me, guide me. We're busy. We're busy with stuff we got to do in life. So sometimes we're trying to drive with our left leg, eat with our right hand and answer a text with our left. And we go across the line. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit unctions us back over. He's like, no, 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 you need to get back over here. And there's this gentle nudge on your wheel and it's pulling you back into the center lane. Why? So you don't have an accident. So you don't get hurt in the midst of your traveling. So in life's journey, you don't get off track, get your eyes on your phone and wreck. That's the Holy Spirit. He's like a GPS. He's the guidance factor of our lives. You can type in where, trust me, there's a map for your life. There's a map for each and every one of our lives. And if we'll just look and ask the Holy Spirit, type in my destination. Here's, here's, here's your cue, you ready? Where am I going, Holy Spirit? Your will, that's the address. Your will. Take me there. 
That's all you got to know in this life. You don't have to know the end outcome. What you have to know is what is your will today for my life? And for some of us, it might just not be talking about our friend. For some of us, it might be, don't touch your girlfriend that way. For some of us, it might be, don't cheat on that science test, even though you didn't study, but you need to accept accountability for what you did. And you didn't study. You deserve an F. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm glad I got saved after I cheated all those years. Just kidding. The Holy Spirit rumbles our hearts. He pulls the wheel back to center and helps us. He helps us help ourselves because he knows that if he doesn't, we'll get hurt. When we got saved and we got born again, God doesn't expect you and I to be perfect. In fact, he knows that you and I are broken. Very much so. He knows that inside of us is a worldly nature that you and I were born with. And immediately upon forgiveness of all of our sins, he starts a work. The Holy Spirit comes and starts working on you and I. Church isn't for perfect people. Right? We can't do this on our own. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So Romans 8.12 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters... That means Christians, because they're called brothers and sisters. We have an obligation. This means this is something we should do. But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh or your own desires and not God's, you will die. But if, that means there's a choice, but if you choose to live by the Spirit... You put to death the fleshly deeds of your body. You put away those things that are wrong, the things that are not the right choices, and you will live. For those who are led or who turn their GPS on and listen to the rumble strip and listen to the assistant in the car by the Spirit of God, those are the children of God. The Holy Spirit will help lead us through this life and he will speak to us and he will check us when we're doing wrong. He may give us a gentle nudge or tell us, no, no, don't speak like that. Don't say those words or no, that's not your thought. How about this one? Don't post that. Don't post that on Snap. Do not do that. How about do not listen to that song on Spotify? That's an explicit version and you don't need to have your ears hearing that. How about it's don't go to that party at that person's house because you're going to be led into temptation that you might not be able to withstand. We don't put ourselves in those situations. See, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not take your life and do it for you. But if you allow him and turn the assistant button on, he will. He'll help you. But if you don't, you can grieve him. Do you know what the word grieve means? You can sadden him. You can sadden him and actually stop him from working in your life. So here's what happens. When you hear those small little tugs on your heart, when you feel that gentle in your spirit and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh no, I shouldn't go there. No, 
you know what? Every time I hang out with that little girl, she gets me in trouble every single time. I end up talking about my other four girlfriends, and I didn't want to do that. But every time I do and I go out with her, she pulls me right into that little web. When you resist that and you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, you become calloused. So when he speaks again, you don't hear him like you heard him before. See, when we're young in the Lord and he speaks to us, it's like, oh, oh, I shouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that. But then when we start doing a little bit of it, it just gets a little bit more calloused and a little bit more calloused. Everybody look at your middle finger. If this is where you hold your pencil at school, you've got a really good callus right there. You want to know why? Because every single day, you rest that pencil on that spot. If every single time the Holy Spirit tells you not to go there and not to do that, and you do anyways, you're making a callus on your heart. Your heart is becoming hardened to the things of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that those people in the Old Testament, he calls them stiff-necked. In other words, I can't get them to do what I want. I can't get them to stop listening to what they're listening to. I can't get them to stop doing what they're doing. And he said, their hearts were not circumcised. And that means that they were not clean. Their hearts were dirty. Their hearts were full of sin. They were listening to stuff they shouldn't be listening to. And they were living according to what they wanted not what God wanted. This is where I'm telling you that the will of God is written in the Bible. And if we don't look at the Bible, if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, we don't know what's right for our lives. Because the way you and I were designed was to want what we want. When you were little, guarantee every one of us in here, one of the very first words you and I learned as a toddler or an infant was no. You want to know why? Because I got my own way and I want to do it my way and you want me to do it this way and I'm going to tell you no. So the very first thing that God's trying to teach us is that we've got to stop saying no to the right things. We have to say yes to him and no to the things of our flesh. This is what Matthew 13, 15 says. For this people's hearts, talking about the hearts in the Old Testament, have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand in their hearts and turn and repent and I would heal them. So what happens is when we get calloused, we start working more in the flesh and getting further and further and further off center. And the louder our steering wheel rumbles, the louder that, sheets, that seat shakes, we just turn it off. I don't even need the Holy Spirit anymore. I don't need that. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. If you've listened to nothing else tonight, this is what to listen to, okay? It says, do not let unwholesome that means obscene profanity. Talk, dirty stories, 
Come on, you boys in the public school, I know it. Uh, you know what? You boys in the Christian school, I know have dirty stories and dirty storytellers. And you know what? All of us adults, if we're still listening to dirty stories, shame on you. Shame on you. Why would you allow your spirit to be dulled by dirty stories in a factory or in an office or in a bank? No, we don't do that. We come out from the things of the world. We look different than the world. I want, you know what? There's nothing better than being in an in a open environment where people don't know you and having someone apologize for cussing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, thank you. I appreciate that because I really do not like profanity. I love it. It's a very old school thing in an older gentleman's life that if you were to walk up to a group of 10 older farmers and they were cussing about the, 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 the tiller thingy, how it broke and caught on fire and it's not doing, they'll go, oh, there's a lady. Shh. How about, oh, there's a Christian. Shh. Yeah, no profanity, no dirty stories, vulgarity out of your mouth. God forbid that it's coming out of your mouths. Only what is helpful for building up others. You know what? You don't like that girl's hair at school? Don't say it. Find something about her you like. Do not talk about what you don't. Because that doesn't build her up. That doesn't build nobody up. And trust me, you can find something you like about everyone. Everyone according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know what? You talk long enough the way God wants you to talk, the people around you at school will know that you're not gonna be talking like that. And it will help those around you to begin to change their vocabulary. And they won't be telling those dirty jokes. They won't be talking about people, or at least they won't in front of you. Now, I'll be honest with you, you might not get invited to as many parties. But you know what? Who cares? Call up your church friends and have your own party. That's what I think. And do not grieve or sadden the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So when I talk dirty, the Holy Spirit leaves my life. When I listen to vulgar things at a job site, or where I work, the Holy Spirit's gone. That assistant is just plumb left the building. He is not sitting around to listen to that garbage. He's not putting up with no girl drama. He's not putting up with your boy drama. He's not putting up locker room talk where you get to share what you did over the weekend with your girlfriend. That's not what this is about. That doesn't build her up and you shouldn't be doing anything with your girlfriend. And if you are doing things with your girlfriend, get around people and a group of people that you're not doing things with your girlfriend. Surround yourself with lots of people. Trust me, you can't do much with lots of people around. Don't take a blanket. I'm not stupid. I am a good bruh. <clears throat> get rid of all bitterness which is a refusal to reconcile with someone, rage, anger, arguing, brawling, slander, and along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave us. Whew, what a mouthful. If you just wrote down those scriptures and took them home tonight and just started living by that, 
you would not sadden the Holy Spirit. He would be walking with you for a really long time. We have to watch what comes out of our mouth. We have to turn off the devilish stuff that we listen to and that comes out of our mouth because we grieve the Holy Spirit and then we turn the assist button off. And now when you really need it, he's not there because you've grieved him. He's just shut up and he stepped back and went, yep, can't be a part of that. The way you fix it is just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I never wanted to displease you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want to talk about my friends. I don't want to listen to those dirty jokes. I feel horrible when I cuss when I get angry. I feel bad when I create drama or I make things up so that people will like me. Just say, I'm sorry. Repent and do your best to not do it again and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And when you do, listen, he's going to start going, that rumble strip's going to get real loud again real out again. You're going to feel, you'd be like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not doing that again. Stay away from that. If you keep falling down the same slippery slope, guess what? Change where you walk. Don't walk down that hallway no more. Go in a different door of school. If you know that all this locker room talk happens after soccer practice, guess what? Don't shower there. Get in your car, call your mom, go home early. Don't sit and listen and talk about it. You can adapt the way you do things. Now let's go to John 14, 15 through 18. And this is, I'm, I'm getting ready to close, guys. You guys are good. You've only got, you know, 10 more minutes. It'll be fine. 15 maybe. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will ask the, this is Jesus speaking again. If you love me, Jesus, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, which is God, and he will give you another advocate to help you. This is the Holy Spirit. Remember the advocate, he's the helper. He's the one that's with you to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees or knows him. But you who have Christ in your heart, those who have asked Jesus to be their Lord and savior, you do know the Holy Spirit. You can feel him. You know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You and I will not, he will not leave you as orphans for I will come to you. Now, here's what I want to show you. Where's some, never mind. I was looking for a bottle of water. I don't have one. You'll just have to use your imagination. I have a bottle of water with me and I'm walking around. Nah. And I'm walking around with it right now, okay? And I have, give me your Coke. There you go. Yep. Sorry. Thanks, Danica. Way to use one for the team. Okay. I'm not going to drink her Coke, but this is, this, this is mine. Okay. Now it's with me right now. This is the Holy Spirit. He's with me. He goes everywhere. When I'm over here talking to Gerald, he's with me. Gerald, you know, where's the Holy Spirit? Oh, I left him. Oh, oh I got to go back and get him. Okay. I want to be sure he's with me all the time. I have to keep track of him when he's with me. And I have to be sure that I don't grieve him in what's happening. But he said here a prophetic thing. He said, he's with you and he will be in you. Danica, the Holy Spirit's with you right now. Hold it. Now drink it. 
Now the Holy Spirit is inside of Danica. You and I have the option of asking the Holy Spirit to come inside and fill us with his evidence that he's alive inside of our life. It's, I don't want him to just be with me all the time. I want him to be in me. And when he's in me, he's working differently than he is when he's with me. See, if I drank that bottle of water and it wasn't Danica's Coke, slushy, which smelled really amazing. It was Coke, wasn't it? Yes, I could smell the fizz. And I drank the water, that water would go in me and begin to give my body what it needs, wouldn't it? But if I didn't drink it, it'd just be with me. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you have the evidence of speaking in tongues in your life, and you're filled with this gift. And I know a lot of you are, but I also know that over the next couple weeks, the other pastors that are stepping in are gonna be praying for you. I'm just building faith. If you want to be filled with the spirit over the next few weeks, it's gonna come up in your class, in the youth. But this gift comes with nine gifts when you're filled with the spirit. And you know what one of them is? The gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom, not your wisdom, God's wisdom given to the Holy Spirit and told to you. Who's wiser than God? Nobody. Nobody. So what better than the wisdom of the Holy Spirit? Do you know the discerning of spirits is in there? Remember, there's good spirits and there's bad spirit. The devil took a third of the angels with him when he left heaven, when he fell. There's more than one bad spirit. The devil is the Lord of them all. But the bottom line is, is that if you don't have the discerning of spirits, you won't know when you're in a place that you shouldn't be and it's really bad. And there's a demonic attack that is happening around and in you or beside you or in one of your friends. And hear me out. You guys think these scary movies are only made fake. Where do you think they got their information from? The Bible. There's some pretty scary stories in there. In one story, it says there was a devil inside of a guy. Jesus cast it out. But when the devils came back to look if he had filled his house with things of God, he hadn't. So the devil said, oh, I'm not coming back yet. He goes back and gets seven more worse than him. And they all go into one guy. You want to know why? Because they didn't put any of Jesus back in their life. They got rid of the bad stuff, but they didn't put any good stuff back in. Devils are real. But the Holy Spirit is stronger and better, and he lives in you. He walks with you. He will help you in this life. He will be your GPS. We're not orphans. We weren't left alone. We have the Holy Spirit and he's with us. He's working in us. Verse 26 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper, this is gonna show you the Trinity kids, listen closely, whom the Father, that's God, sent in my name, 
It's Jesus speaking. God, Jesus, will teach you all things and I will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will teach you all things. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. All in the same verse. Proving to you that they all three are three someones with a different role in your life making up one triune being. Okay? I used to say when I was your age, I didn't get anything out of the Bible when I read it. That's what I would say. I hate reading the Bible. I get nothing out of it. Oh, immaturity. Every time before you read the Bible, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Just pray. Pray first and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to read your Bible and I'm going to be honest, I really don't enjoy it because I don't think I get anything out of it. But today, I need you to teach me what's being said in here. Teach me the Bible. Teach me how to live by the Spirit and not by what my flesh desires. Help me, God. And we finish with Galatians 5, 19 and 26. And I'm reading this one to you because I think it tells a lot about everything that we've talked about tonight. Here's what it says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Selfish ambition, wow, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That means you're not going to heaven if you're doing these things. You're comparing yourself one with another at school and you're jealous of someone else. You're trying to get ahead of people because you think you're better than they are. You wear your clothes to school and you like strut around because you're all prideful because you think your clothes are better than everyone else's. You look at another girl and you say, oh, she don't know how to put her makeup on. She looks stupid. Let me tell you something. None of that is God's goodness. That is not gonna get you a place in heaven. I'm just telling you, I'm being real with you in case somebody hasn't told you. I feel like I should. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit, proof that the spirit is leading your life, proof that the spirit of God is working in you because you're a Christian and you're a believer and you want to become Christ-like, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Controlling what you want to say, but you know it's not healthy for others to hear it. Against such thing there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified themselves, the flesh, and its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's real simple. Live according to the good things of the word and the spirit's always with you and he's in you and he's walking with you. 
do the bad things we've talked about, and you will literally separate him from you. And he's not going to go with you. And he's not leading you. And he's not going to give you direction. He's looking for someone who wants to be led. He's looking for someone who wants fruit. You know, fruit in the spirit is evidence that he's there. Like if I brought up this tree today and I stood it up to you and I said, kids, this is an apple tree. If you didn't see apples on it, how would you know I was telling you the truth? Okay, let's say right now it is um, raspberry season. So if I brought a raspberry bush in front of you, how would you know if it was a raspberry, a mulberry, a blackberry, or a blueberry if you didn't see fruit? You wouldn't. That's the point. So you can say I'm a Christian and I'm a follower of Christ. But if you're envious, jealous, still talking about people, still being angry, that's not true. You're a Christian living by your flesh, not by the spirit. And that doesn't mean you're a Christian. God's calling us to come out and he's saying, but if, if you put away these things and you love and you're peaceful and you have joy and you forego longer than you should with someone else, you love them, you walk with them, you're kind, you're gentle, and you have self-control over your body and your flesh, now you're a Christian. Does our lives show the fruit that we're being led by the Holy Spirit? Because it's really simple. When the Holy Spirit challenges us, that there's something wrong or that we shouldn't do it. And maybe we didn't listen quite quick enough and we already fell into it. And I'm saying fell into it because I don't believe you wanted to step into it. I think you try to stay as pure as you can, but the devil tries to tempt you and draws you into things. And before you know it, you're in a web that you can't get out of. I know, I lived in high school. It's, it's, whew, it's treacherous in middle school. But when he talks to you, take action. Take action and just ask for help. Help, help. Holy Spirit, help. I need help. I don't know how to stop doing this. I don't know what to do. I keep falling into this over and over and over. Help. Guess what? He will. See, God's grace doesn't require you to do anything but choose you want his help. Just say, I want to be better. I want to live like the Bible wants me to live. And when you say that, God's grace moves into action. And he's like, okay, he ain't got the ability to do this on his own. But I know with the Holy Spirit, he can. I know with the Holy Spirit, she can. If you'll just surrender and let him help. And then literally it's an act of obedience knowing not to get involved in the wrong thing. And then before you know it, you're not even near what's wrong anymore. You're always walking in the things that are right and God's dealing with things that are not sinful action anymore, but just things you could tweak in your life. I leave you with this. Call upon the Lord and he will help. That's it. Say, I have a helper. All right. 
Stand to your feet tonight. You, thanks for coming down and sitting in the front. I appreciate that. If Pastor Dosik did that on a Sunday morning, would you do it? Woo, good answer. I like that. <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm not coming down here at all. <laughs> I feel you. There's a lot of pressure on the front row. I'm just letting you know. That's good. Well, lift up your hands to heaven. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray collectively so that everyone can say the prayer and no one's pointed out. And I'm just going to lead us in a prayer that if we've grieved the Holy Spirit, that we would reignite him and set him back in place in our life. Is that all right? Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we just need you in our lives. If we've resisted you, if we've ignored you and created a place in our life of a callous and our hearts have grown hardened or we've become stiff-necked because we think we know better than you, Lord, I ask you, forgive us. Forgive us tonight. We want to turn back on our GPS. We want to turn back on the assistant program that rumbles our seat when we're off center. We need you to draw us back to your perfect will for our lives. God, I just ask that relationships, friendships at school, uh, co-workers for the adults at their workplace, family members that keep drawing them back into the same places of sin. Father, I ask, Lord, that you supernaturally do a work in our relationships. God, that you would remove friendships and relationships from us that are bad and replace them with friendships and relationships that are good. Holy Spirit, speak loud and clear to us. Help us turn our cars around. Keep our focus upon you. Lord, that we can honor you with our lives, that we could live according to the spirit. God, that we would prove to you that we are full of love and meekness and gentleness and kindness. Help us to build up the people around us, that it would help them. Do a work in us, Lord. And as we go into our schools and into our workplaces, into our family lives, God, let people notice there's been a change. Let them see a change in us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. You, thanks for being such troopers. We will see you on Sunday. I think Pastor Randy is preaching on Sunday for you guys. The rest of the team, we'll see you later and we'll see you all on Sunday as we continue 